Hello, Stacey. Hello, Mum. Are you all right? I'm all right. How are you doing? I'm not too bad, thank you. Do you know if April's baby got named? Well, they had the votes uh, and the voting was closing today. They had a a choice of names. And do you know what's on that list, Mum? Was it Giraffey McGiraffe Face? No, it wasn't. But what was it? What was Jeffrey? One of the Jeffrey, obviously. Jeffrey was on that list. But they also have Apollo, Jeffrey, Geo, Harper, Noah, Ollie. I don't think it can be called Ollie. Isn't his dad called Oliver? His dad, his dad is called Oliver, yeah. That's no, not going to work then. Patch, Patches. I don't know how Patch and Patches got into the final list. But the last one is Unity. Well, it's going to be Jeffrey then. If that's the choices they've got. Yeah, I think it's going to be Jeffrey. I think we're going to have the first sponsored giraffe. Yeah, the the, the thing is, they'll be sponsoring it for its whole life. It's going to be taken away. It's going to be given the best education. Which zoo was it where they cut the giraffe up in front of the kids? I don't think they're going to do that. No, that's what I mean. He's safe. All right, I'm going to say, okay. <laughs> He's safe forever. And he can grow up. Being a Jeffrey, yeah, well, I bet they'll have him on real Toys R Us adverts along with the other Jeffrey. There'll be so many giraffe toys. There'll be, yeah, everywhere. Little Jeffrey. Okay, that's it. We are up to episode eight of Rough Giraffe. Go, go, go. Yeah, let's get started. Deep from the jungle of the African Congo To the concrete jungle of the garden bungalow You'll find two ladies full of nonsense and laughs Making a podcast called Rough Giraffe I thought I might talk about something a bit amazing Oh, okay One of my favourite little animals What's that? That naked mole rat Oh, you love the naked mole rat I do love the naked mole rat Uh, I just thought it was... um, amazing that they can live for up to eight years and they're only little tiny mammals that's very unusual for something that small it is and they never get cancer no that's like elephants don't elephants get cancer either no yeah neither of them do i never knew the elephant thing yeah i can't remember what i heard it on but naked mole rats and elephants they don't get cancer. But I think they well, do a lot more research on the naked mole rats because they're easier to get into the lab. They do. And they've just found out now that they can survive for 18 minutes without any oxygen. Oh, my. When the... they, uh, Do you know what? I'm hoping. I'm hoping they've not done it for 19 minutes to work out 18 minutes is the limit. I'm sure they have. Oh, that's not fair. They can't see. They've got no fur. Oh, I wish they had a waistcoat to wear. (laughs) The trouble is they are one of the ugliest animals, aren't they? I know. Only a mother would love them, and I am a mother. (laughs) (laughs) They look like little Sean pigs. They've got everything not going for them. But I still like them. They look like an afterthought. Like, you know, like when you fix a washing machine or something and you've got that, all those bits of screws left over and eventually they just collect at the bottom of the toolbox. Yeah. They've turned all these bits of molecules that have been left over have turned into that mole rat. 
However, that mole rat can alter its metabolism so that its cells are powered by fructose, like plants are, rather than glucose. And if you power your cells by fructose, you don't require any oxygen. That's amazing. That is amazing. You're right. You started off saying it'd be amazing, and it is amazing. But they (laughs) think that they might be able to find some way of triggering the same metabolism shift in humans who've suffered a heart attack. Because most of the trouble is because we're starved of oxygen. Yeah. Anyway, the, the, the point is, it's the first evidence ever that a mammal switches to fructose as a fuel. So that basically means that that mole rat's turned into a plant. I think naked mole rats hold the key to the future. They didn't need the good looks and the eyesight (laughs) and the long legs and the fur and the body and the face. They didn't need any of that. They just needed the molecules and they've got them. What have you got to tell me today? I want to talk about belly button fluff. (sighs) (laughs) go on then i was operating on a patient who had quite a fluffy belly button so um i was having a conversation with my friend jody from work not my sister jody about where it comes from and how some people have fluffy belly buttons and really collect it and some people don't so i thought i'd look into it and have you looked into it yeah some people have done some research on it they got an ignoble prize for looking at belly button fluff. Wow. Okay. You know, you know the ignoble prize. I, I know. I know what it is. Yeah. So it's it's for research that first makes you laugh and then makes you think. So um, they they had one for earwax or something. Yeah. Who? What sort of people do you think have belly button fluff? Well, I'm gonna say what I think. Yeah. And then. I'm going to say something completely the opposite. Somebody with a larger tummy, a very interned belly button, because some people's are not, probably with hairy tummies. But I have a large belly and a hairy tummy and an interned belly button, but I never get any belly button fluff. Do you have, like, hairy belly like a man's hairy belly? No. (laughs) No, I've got lady fur. (laughs) I always think it's a bit like you're moving around. It's a bit like the filter on the tumble dryer. It all ends up there all fluffed up. Yeah, and it always ends up the same colour. Well, it's always grey in my tumble dryer, but your dad used to have pink belly button fluff, but didn't (laughs) used to wear anything pink. That's very strange. Owens is always grey like the tumble dryer. Yeah, and you don't have it. No, I don't. I I don't think my belly button is deep enough. I didn't put the marble in it properly when you was a baby. I was talking about that at work, about the fact you put a belly a, a marble in my belly button to make it go in. And that's yeah. exactly what it looks like. It looks like it's had a marble in it. I know, but it was that or the sticky out belly button. You didn't want that one, did you? No. I'll ask you something while we're on. What is omphalophobia? Say that again. Omphalophobia. Yeah. It's not It's not something to do with the phallus, is it? No. You'll have to tell me. I don't know that one. Uh, that one is the fear of belly buttons. <laughs> oh, <laughs> did you just happen to have that written down? <laughs> Isn't that funny? What about cowapunophobia? Phobia. Cowapuno. It's a fear of buttons. Oh, okay. Not belly buttons, though. Not belly buttons. 
But what about latrophobia? Latrophobia. Yeah. Ooh. Um, I don't know. That's a fear of you. Of me? Yeah. Oh, me personally. Yeah. Why? Because you're a doctor. Oh, okay. So, what about... What do you think bananaphobia is? Bananaphobia? Yeah. Well, I'm going to guess it's not bananas. So, what might you think it is? I don't know. Uh, it's a fear of bananas. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, tricked me with that one. I did, didn't I? I did it on purpose. It's time for Stacy's Medical Madness. This week's Medical Madness is about a baby that was born twice. Ooh. Okay. Go on then. So, I mean, it's gonna. St- I'm gonna start off, and it's gonna sound sad. I won't put any music on. Don't worry. It's going to sound sad, but then it's fine. Okay? Okay. So don't worry. I'm not worrying yet. I'm just perspiration happening. (laughs) So, um, Kerry and Chad McCartney went to find out the sex of their baby at six months into the pregnancy. And then it was found to have a grapefruit-sized tumour. Growing on the baby. Doesn't say where, but just says it had a grapefruit sized tumour. Okay. Right. And this tumour was basically sucking all the blood supply from the fetus into it to feed it. So the baby was getting no blood. So they were like, right, we have to get rid of this tumour, but the baby's only six months old. So what they did is they brought the baby out of the womb by 80%, took the tumour away, then pushed the baby back in and let it finish off its um, gestation. Did it work? Yeah. Baby was born 10 weeks later. Absolutely fine. That is a bit amazing. But now I'm interested that what you've said was something I didn't understand. If you take the baby out, that means the baby's born, is it? Yeah. No, but you said by 80%. Oh, so it's not quite born. You think because its feet were left in? No, no. I mean, (laughs) is there a reason why they didn't take the baby out, do the operation and then put the baby back? I would assume Is it like as soon as it leaves that bit, it's not there anymore? I don't know the ins and outs of this story. There were some ins and outs, though. And ins, and another out... There are. I, I'm interested to find out how how they got through the amniotic sac and all of that. Because from my point of view, once the, I mean, the whole point is when the sac's broken, the waters break. Yeah, that's why I was wondering: were they able? Were they leaving the baby in the water? How I don't understand how they would do that. I that no, neither do I. But it's something to do with what you've said about. 80% of the baby yeah. being out. I mean, they wouldn't have been able to bring it out too far because they wouldn't have wanted to disrupt the placenta. They would want to have kept all of that blood supply and everything still intact. So that means if they had to bring the baby out by 80%, the tumour must have been so far down yes. on the body. Otherwise, it just brought the head out. 
Yeah, it, it, it's it's crazy. They've only done this operation about 20 times ever. Okay. So, but this one was a success. Maybe I'll look into it a bit further, but this is all I could find on it. Just thought it was very interesting. Am I right in thinking there was a baby that had a heart transplant while the mother was, while it was still in the mum? Oh, I don't know about that. But I had a thought that for some reason I just thought the baby was left in. And now I'm thinking that was rather stupid thought. <laughs> well, I mean, you don't really expect babies to be kind of brought out and then pushed back in. Very interesting. So anyway, my mate John is sending me more stuff. Yeah. Uh, he sent me some thing, a list of things that I might need. Okay. So butter sticks. Butter sticks. It's like a prit stick, a glue stick. Yes. And you just take the top off and rub it onto your toast. <laughs> okay. All right. Now... That- that's a real thing, is it? Yeah, yeah, they're all real things. I've got photographs of them as well. Okay. The next thing is, and I think that we should both have this. Okay. It is picnic trousers. Picnic trousers? Yes. They have a piece of fabric sewn in from the crutch to the knees. When you sit with your knees spread, you've got a picnic blanket. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh and you can have it with a towel on the side as well to wipe your hands. I don't need a towel. You've got your trousers, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what trousers are for. It's just to wipe my hands on. So, uh, do you want another one? Yeah. So, we've got some very nice barefoot shoes. Okay. These are the tops are proper shoes or trainers, but there's no soles on them. What's the point of them? This is for people who like to go everywhere barefoot. But don't like the stigma of being barefoot. Being barefoot. I yeah. bet. Are they more expensive than real shoes? I think so, yeah. That's a bit crazy, isn't it? Uh, there's a bottle of diet water. <laughs> what makes it's, it diet? It comes from Japan. It's okay. three, three, three times as expensive as ordinary bottled water. Oh, then it must be diet. And uh, if you've got really posh shoes on and you have to go out in the rain, yeah, you can buy shoe umbrellas. <laughs> is that another Japanese thing? It is. Uh, you have a little umbrella for each shoe. You just fasten them onto your feet. Oh. So uh, you can get them in colours to match your shoes. Oh, my. Okay. Hey there, who's that? What's the name of the wonky cat? He'll look twice than any cat Something's happened in America, and I think Kipper should know about it. All right, then. So, uh, hello, Kipper. Hey, Kips, how you doing? Right, now, Kipper, I don't want to upset you, because this is in America, all right? No harm was done to the animals, but since December in Virginia, Waynesboro, at least seven cats have shown up at their homes with shaved bellies and groins and legs. (laughs) Is this a new fad amongst cats? The shaving seems to be almost surgical, says Police Captain Kelly Walker. Oh, no. No harm was done to the animals, 
but they do seem a little skittish after the incident. What was being... Were they just being shaved? Was anything else being done to them? Okay, it says a poster was put up and it said, Shaving cats? Several neighbourhood cats have been abducted and have had their lower abdomens and groin areas shaved. This is very upsetting to the cats and their owners. So all the cats have been either neutered or spayed and they're all well groomed with collars and... Yeah. Yeah. The investigation is focusing on five cats, three of whom were shaved twice. <coughs> so so Captain Kelly Walker has put a... Uh, put an announcement out and said that probably the best solution is for for whoever is doing this is to stop. Mm. So that's Kelly Walker's advice. But now you see, they'll have seen that and you never know, do you? The next thing, cats could be walking around everywhere with their credentials out. (laughs) They might be asking for it. Are they asking for it? Ask Kipper. Kipper, how how would you feel about having your bits shaved? Yeah, exactly. When Kipper got wonky, he had to go to the vet and he had the back of his head shaved. Did he look like a monk cat? He did look like a monk cat. That took months and months to grow back properly, about six months before it, it it looked normal again. So I can't understand how these cats are being shaved two or three times. Cats it said one quickly. cat came home partially hairless three weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, and then a week later, he came back and he'd been finished. <laughs> he'd been, the shaving had been finished off. <laughs> oh, no. When cats are shaved, their skin is so disgusting. Do you like those bald cats, Mum? Those... No. I like blind mole rats. A naked mole rat, but not a naked cat. No. No, I don't think I'd like the mole rats so much if they'd got fluff. Yeah, they wouldn't be a naked mole rat then. But them them, them mole rats, they need to live at a certain temperature because they live underground. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is when I go down the cave house, I'm going yeah. to uh, take some mole rats with me and dig them a little cave. They can live there. Where's, where are mole rats from? They're not from Spain. But I mean, they're blind, yeah, they... so they don't know where they are. Because some of them are at Bristol Zoo and they might still think they're at home. They're not deaf, though. They'll notice that there isn't a people talking to them with a Bristol accent. Yeah, but at the zoo, you get people from all over, don't you? Okay. People who are local are the least likely to go to the zoo. We've had uh, a little um, question in for Kipper. Okay. Hi, Rough Giraffe Podcast gang. It's Matthew Mullane here. Did we not hear from Peter this week? Stacey, brilliant job. Mum, I'm a big fan. Obviously, Matt's not going to influence me when the mugs are getting ready. So I've got a question for Kipper, actually. Hiya, Kips. How are you doing? Oh, you're sounding a bit gruff. Are you under the weather? Oh, mate, maybe you need a bit of, uh, like, lemon and honey or something in with your, your dreamies. That might help. Okay, so uh, my question, Kips, um, if I was to inherit a superpower, what would I choose between being able to fly or invisibility? So just at will, I could make myself invisible. What would you go for? Oh, Kipper's not sure. Kipper's really going to have to think about that one. So, Kipper, what do you think? 
<laughs> oh, okay. Well, the trouble with him being invisible is he still won't be able to get out of the garden because it doesn't stop him being wonky. That is true, but if he could fly, would he just go around in circles? He might do. Do you know we have a lot of um, kites, red kites, birds? Oh, I thought you meant kites like you fly. No, we have a lot of kites uh, that fly over our house. Then they come down quite quite low down, actually, looking for things in the garden. We always threaten the cats that they're going to go and grab them and take them away. But I read in the newspaper that... The kites commute into Reading. We get 300 kites a day commuting into Reading. Do they go on the train, though? I'm sure they can go on the train, the bus. Because in Bristol, they come up from Western Supermare on the train. Do they? Yeah, sit on the top of the train going in. That's the truth. (laughs) Is it? Yeah, they sit on top of the train. And then they're on there when the train's going past. You can see the seagulls on it. <laughs> it never gets any speed up coming back from Western. So you get the seagulls on top of the train. We've had we when we were in Spain, was it you? No, it was with Jody. And the seagulls yeah. got on the train and just sat down and waited, went two stops and got off. And I thought <laughs> They must know it's two stops and get off because they were right by the beach then. The pigeons are like that in London. The chickens? Pigeons. Oh, I thought you said chickens. Do the pigeons travel on the tube? Yeah, pigeons get on the tube, go a couple of stops and then get off. But do they do it deliberately? Um, I've never asked, but they look like they're quite determined. Like they, they look like they're motivated. They know where they're going. Yeah. Well, they are like homing pigeons would know where they were going, wouldn't they? Yeah, I was thinking about homing pigeons today, actually, because we were on the motorway. And pigeons, homing pigeons follow the motorways, don't they? And the rivers. They do. If they they follow, they used to follow rivers and then now they follow the motorway. It's still amazing. Yeah. A lot of things are amazing. What I don't understand about homing pigeons is like no carrier pigeons you know the ones that you send messages yeah did they send them both ways or did you have to take them in one direction and let them go so they'd go home no they get flown out in the plane and then sent back but what about in the olden days with crows 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 is crows is different though love isn't it crows is completely different crows crows knows both ways yeah and ravens and jackdaws, minor birds. How do you tell them where to go? You don't need to. Well, you you can walk with them. Uh, then why do you need them to send a message if you're going to walk with them? You didn't, did you? But uh, you send a crow, it could talk, couldn't it? Didn't need the note, did it? <laughs> like a dicta bird. Yeah, just, yeah. Can you just tell them this? The secretary bird. Just take this down. I will. Right now, go and fly over there and get the message. That's what they're for. Yeah, yeah. Crows is different. There's more intelligence. They haven't got that sort of. They haven't got the same sort of brain as doves. Okay. So Kipper would like to fly. So Matt, there's your answer. Kipper wants to fly, even if it's just round in circles. Thank you. Can we not stick him on a drone or something? Oh no, you've seen have you seen that stuffed cat drone? No. Oh, there's somebody who's got a a dead cat that they've stuffed and they've stuck 
propellers to each of its paws. I'm liking it already. And and it flies around. You'll have to you'll have to Google it. I'm but already doing it. There's yeah, stuffed cat drone. <laughs> I want one now. <laughs> you're not you're not having any of mine, they're not ready yet. <laughs> oh god. Uh, is that legal? I, I don't know. <laughs> oh, God. All right, then. I like that. <laughs> I would do that with them mole rats, but they wouldn't be much good. <laughs> One little propeller on each. Oh, that would look quite cute, though, wouldn't it? So um, I've signed up for a 5K walk. Oh, have you? Yeah. Where are you going to walk? Round Victoria Park in Bath. Okay. You can walk it, so I'm doing that. Okay, when are you doing that? On the 11th of June, I think it is. That'd be good. Yeah, I might get a Rough Giraffe t-shirt. And walk round with it. Talking of which... Yeah? I've ordered merch. Oh, people are going to be so excited. I have ordered the mugs. They are going to be an extremely short supply. There are only going to be six mugs to give away. (gasps) Limited edition. Forever. The first mug has got rough giraffe picture on the front and an exclusive picture of mum and Belle on the back. Ooh. Right? But this this mug is not going to come easy. Okay. This mug is going to have to be won over three weeks. Okay. And you need the answer to each part to enter the competition. And it's going to be difficult. Okay. So here is the first part of the winner mug competition. Okay. Hashtag winner mug. Hashtag grab my merch. So this is... Part one of a three-part. I want the name of this film. Okay. Here is your clue. A young man's mother is bitten by a Sumatran rat monkey. She gets sick and dies and then comes back to life and kills and eats dogs, nurses and neighbours. Oh, wow. I said it wasn't going to be easy. No, is this something you've watched on Netflix? It is something I've watched on Netflix. Uh, the only thing I can... Uh, shall I give you some clue? No, that's it. That's the clue. That's the clue. If anybody yeah. likes these sort of films, there's a few little clues in there. I want the name of that film. Okay, so... It's a sort of comedy horror film. I'll go that far. That is the first clue. That is difficult, I know. When you've got the answer to all three clues, and clue number two will be next week, when you've got the answer to all three, you need to send your answers in through that. What is it? Well, you can set, you can direct message us at Rough Giraffe Pod. I'd suggest you direct message us so no one else can look at your answers, or or on Facebook, or send us an email at roughgiraffepodcast at gmail dot com. So this is uh, a, this competition is going to be longer, but if you've stuck with us this long, you're not going to mind. <laughs> It'll be worth it. You're going to love it. I did send out the Apple product. 
Oh, okay. I did. Unfortunately, it's come back two days later. Oh. Uh, so uh, only because I'd put my address on it. <laughs> you sent it to yourself. I did. So I'm ever so sorry. <laughs> I'm ever so sorry. Sorry, Haley. Uh, Haley, I do apologise, but I have now put it back in the post. But it's like a bank holiday now. So, uh, do you know what I thought? What I thought? Oh, this is good. I thought honestly, I honestly thought maybe you'd sent me some. Uh, you didn't eat them, did you? I have not eaten them. No, you, you didn't think. Oh, I just sent some of these out. Well, I did think that. I actually said that at work. I said, "Look at that. The chances of Stacy. That'll have to be Stacy. The chances of Stacy sending me the same biscuits that I've already sent." Uh, but no, luckily I guessed. So, uh, <laughs> Haley, I have reposted the right address. So hopefully you get that Tuesday or Wednesday. The next stop will be Rough Giraffe. I was wondering, here's my question. Mm. What's stopping me hiking the whole of Snowdonia? Um... I don't know. What is stopping you? Oh, nothing then, is there? If you can't think of anything. I, I could think of a few things. Like what? Um, have you got a nice thick coat? I've got a duffel coat. It's Welsh. Okay, that's fine. You've got some good, you've got some good walking shoes? Oh, good. I have indeed. I've got some LS technical boots now. Oh, okay. Um, do you have some Kendall mint, mint cake? It's always something, isn't it? That's what's stopping you. Oh, I have to try again next year. <sighs> it's only ninety-seven miles as well. You can do it in a week. Is that and then you come down on the train. No, you walk. Oh, no, no, no! Not walk up Snowden. Walk that. Not the Snowden Massive. The Snowden oh. Snowdonia. The National Park. I was just walking flat. I thought you were climbing the mountain. Well, no. It's lowlands, isn't it? I don't, wasn't thinking of going up. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, that's not so bad. But are you going to do it with me? Yeah, I'll do it with you. I'm only think, I've got to do this 5K walk first to get me in practice. Okay, and so 5k in June and then 97 miles. In July, I thought, yeah. Perfect. Will that be all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all the training you need. Well, it's 97 miles. If you did it in a week, that's not 97 miles, is it? What is that? If you did it in five days, how many would it... You're looking at 20 miles a day, near enough. So maybe we'll take two weeks. I don't do think it on I could, your bike. I don't think I could do 20 miles a day. When we were cycling through the mountains up at Inverness, we did 35 miles a day, but we were cycling. That's different. Maybe you'd like to go around Snowdonia this time. On a bike? You can do bikes. Yeah, that'd be good. Could you could you bike it? Oh. You're going to be in my trailer on the back. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I can do 32 miles a day. 
We'll do it in two days. Guess who isn't coming to dinner? You need to uh, give us the answer of your who's not coming to dinner from last week. I do. And did anybody try and guess it? No, I think uh, I think that was quite a tricky one, which isn't a bad thing. No, because they're going to get harder if you want the mug. I I really had to think about this. Have you cheated and looked it up? No, I haven't cheated. Okay. Is Sarah not entered? No. Oh. Um, I'm going to make a guess, but it might not be right. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with making guesses that aren't right. Um, I'm thinking Alan Rickman. <sighs> that was good. That was really good guess. And you're so on the right lines. Mm. It was John Hurt. Ah, that was close. In the sort of roles that they play, yes. And they've been in a lot of the same films together. Yeah. So that was a good guess. But no, it was John Hurt. Before I go, we had our first review. We did. And who was that from? You tell me. (laughs) It was from your your mate's... uh, Carlo and Polly. Yeah. Carlo and Collie. Yeah. But um, I don't want them giving me reviews just because they love me. They love the podcast. So that's good, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, so, so they gave us a review on iTunes, which is our first review. So that was really nice of them. And how many downloads have we had this week? Uh, We're up to 280. Wow. So, yeah. 479 is not far. When we first started doing the podcast, we thought it would take us six months to get 479 downloads. Yeah, it looks like um, things are a bit quicker than we were expecting. Which is good. Yeah. That's very good. So, I anyway, thank you for that, Stacey. Before I go and get me uh, shoe umbrellas and me butter sticks off Amazon, yeah. Uh, have you got any uh, little bits of news to tell me? Yeah, I've. Uh, this is a story from 2002, but um, I found it quite amusing. Anyway, it's in the Telegraph. Okay. It says, uh, court refuses trial by combat. Right. The court has rejected a 60-year-old man's attempt to invoke the ancient right to trial by combat rather than pay a £25 fine for a minor motoring offence. <laughs> so Who was he going to fight? He, so this is Leon Humphreys. He remained adamant that his right to fight a champion nominated by the Driver and Vehicle Licensing Agency, the DVLA, was still valid under European human rights legislation. He basically wanted to fight an employee from the DVLA, anybody, and had chosen samurai swords, gurkha knives, or heavy hammers as his <laughs> weapon of choice. Oh, it is samurai sword for me all day. <laughs> but a gherkin knife sounds good. <laughs> gurkha. Oh, gurkha knife. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I, I was thinking of him trying to stab bits of cheese and pickle. <laughs> oh, I'm such a fool. 
Okay. I think we better go. All right. Well, on that then, are you going to play us out? Yeah, I'll play the music. Okay. Oh, blimey. Bye. Bye. I'll call you next week. Thank Bye. You. Oh, do you think there are gherkin thing knives? I don't know. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. Cheers then. Bye. It's the end of the podcast. It is very sad. But tune in again and it won't be so bad. With Mum in the bungalow and Stacey at home. Send us your stories on your smartphone. And then everybody will feel so alone. The Rough Giraffe Podcast. The Rough Giraffe Podcast.